uh, when one has to say something in an official capacity uh, to his congregation as a last message, uh, there are lots of thoughts. Uh, we have some preachers in the room, and one of the things that they would tell you, the hardest thing about preaching is finding something to say. You know so much, and you say, what is the most appropriate thing? Sheila, it's good to see you. Uh, Sheila texts me almost every Sabbath, and very encouraging um, to, to hear her say what the sermon did for her. Uh, that's not always the case. I get some other texts also. Uh, Pastor King, Dr. King say that I, you know, sometimes say what's on my mind, and that's not always welcoming to some, but I like to be myself at all times. Uh, being authentic is important to me. And at the end of the day, you want to look at the world situation. And I promise you today, I would not mention Trump. It's not going to be the message. would not mention his indictments. I'm not going to call Trump's name. I'm not going to say he was given 37 charges. I wouldn't say that. This, this is not anything about politics today. Uh, but one of the things as I look towards uh, a departing message, a message that you want to leave, is the concept that we all face. And I think Ellen White says it best, Elder Skeet, as enfeebled and defective as this church may appear, it is still the one place where God holds his supreme regard. So the whole issue is about not allowing the devil to use his greatest weapon. It is the weapon of discouragement. And he likes to do everything to make sure that we are kept out. This is a message as to how we need to stay in. I'm just making three points today, but I want you to listen with that framework in mind. Father, speak now to your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Elder Perry. Uh, Elder Perry reads so well, writes so well, one of the gifted ladies in a congregation who just has a wealth of talents inside of her. I like to hear how you read the scripture reading. And I want to thank Debbie for choosing you today. I know Debbie had to have chosen you today. <laughs> and the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Let me say something immediately to dispel any misunderstanding. Noah's righteousness was not because he was sinless. It was because he, Noah, exercised faith in believing what God had declared. To us, rain is nothing new. But to Noah, never having seen or heard, Lord, what is rain? It was something very new. Here in Genesis 7-1 is an invitation. The Bible is a book of invitations. Here 
Noah and his family are invited into the ark of safety, the same invitation God is given to us today. In case you didn't know, Noah means rest, R-E-S-T. So God was actually saying, Noah, come in this boat and rest. Come in this place of safety. Come in this place of salvation. Being in the ark saved Noah's life. The first of three points I want to make today, and this may sound strange to some of you, but I want you to stay with me. The first point is the ark was not Noah's idea. The ark was not something conceived by Noah. If God had not spoken to Noah, he would have died in the flood like everyone else. But here is this text that we need to embrace wholeheartedly because we live in this world where we are talking about how we are saved and somehow works get into it. The Bible says Noah believed God and, and as a result of that belief, he exercised something he built as God instructed. But here is what Genesis 6, 8 says, but Noah found what everybody? Grace in the eyes of the Lord. The one word that made a difference in Noah's life was G-R-A-C-E, not W-O-R-K-S. It was grace. While Noah was not engaging in the wicked behavior of his generation, he was not sinless. And therefore, what the wicked people needed, Noah needed the same thing. He was still a sinner. God said, and God saw that the wickedness, wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only even, evil continually. The Bible refers to Noah as perfect. But people miss the point where God says, he was perfect in his generation. He was not perfect in the context of that he was sinless. And I'm emphasizing this because Satan likes to use the concept of perfection as his tool of discouragement. Because when you mess up, you realize you're not perfect and you feel you're done. And somebody says, well, the Lord says Noah was perfect. God wasn't saying he was sinless. Much has been preached about Noah being righteous. But when you consider grace, when you come right down to it, it was nothing more than pure, precious, and the perfect and powerful grace of God that made a way for Noah and his family. Were it not for grace, 
Noah would never have known about the flood. If we are in the ark of salvation today, you're here because God extended his grace towards you. You didn't come to God on your own. You came to Jesus because God in his grace, because God in his mercy, because God in his love drew himself unto you. You were saved because God looked beyond your dead, darkened, deceived, doomed condition, and he reached out to you through grace. We who are saved will never know about the wrath of God's destruction that awaits the sinner because of the grace of God for us. We will never see the truth of our own sinful condition and the rewards of it unless we fail to acknowledge God's grace. We will never know that Jesus can save us and deliver us from eternal death unless God's grace show it to us. In salvation, God comes to the lost sinner. God opens his blind eyes. God shows him his condition. God, through the agency of the Holy Spirit, convicts the heart of sin. It is God who draws us the loss and causes us to understand that Jesus died for our sins and that it was Jesus who rose from the dead. It was God who gave the lost sinner the, the faith that he needs to be saved from grace. Here is something that some may find controversial. Man, M-A-N, has no part in the process of salvation beyond his simple faith. And even, watch this now, man has no part in the process of salvation beyond his simple faith. And even the very faith he uses to receive Jesus is a gift of grace. The very faith that he uses to receive Jesus, that too is grace. In other words, at no time, I am at liberty to stand up and boast about my righteousness. If it had not been for the grace of God, Noah would have died in his sins. It was the grace of God that moved his faith to action. The same is true of salvation today. Salvation is still all of grace and all of God. Can somebody say that? Salvation is what? Still all of grace and all of God. Hallelujah. The ark 
was never Noah's idea. It came from God. When you have a good thought, don't pat yourself on the back. When you have a good thought, you say, thank you, Jesus. Because that good thought could have only come from God. You know why? The devil is not interested in good thoughts. In Noah's generation, it says that they show, showed evil continually. The devil was there. And all Satan wants is to surround us in darkness. And God wants us to be the light. So the ark was never Noah's idea. Number two. So let me warm up a little bit about us. The ark is God's church, if you're missing the point. The ark is God's church. Don't walk away from the church, no matter what is going on. So let me go to the second point since you asked me to. Here's what it says. Had Noah focused on the occupants of the ark, chances are he would have persuaded himself that the ark was not a safe place. Let me say that again. Had Noah focused on the occupants of the ark, chances are he would have persuaded himself that the ark was not a safe place. Well, how do I know that? Well, I read the Bible. It said every creature. Now, I want you to understand that. Because when Elder Perry read the scripture reading, she was very clear. She said clean. And what else? Unclean. Translation. In God's church, we have some clean. And we have some what? Unclean. So Noah, if he had focused on the occupants of the ark, chances are he would have persuaded himself that the ark was not a safe place. In the ark, there were some slithering, slimy snakes. In the ark, there were some prattling parrots and gaggling geese. In the ark were barking dogs and roaring lions. In the ark were bloodthirsty hyenas who preferred devouring their meal while it was still alive. In the ark were leeches that could not get enough of your blood, but Noah knew something. Noah knew when God said clean and unclean, Noah knew that he was not going to be in the ark with all those animals by himself. No one knew that in the ark, Elder Perry, there was God. How do I know that? But I'm so glad you asked. The scripture said, King James Version, 
The invitation was to Noah to come into the ark. Did you see that little word come? You've read it before. There's another word God could have said, go into the ark. But if God said go, it would have meant God is standing here and sending him there. But when God said come, Randy, God was saying, I am in the ark too. And if God is in the ark, we don't need to worry as to what other animals may be in the ark because God's presence says, I'm going to be safe no matter what. No one knew that once God was in the ark, he did not need to worry about slithering snakes, prattling parrots, gaggling geese, barking dogs, roaring lions, bloodthirsty hyenas, or blood-sucking leeches. If you talk with Daniel, Daniel will remind us that God knows how to shut the lion's mouth. Satan wants to say, stay outside. Because in the ark, there are some unclean beasts in the ark. Now, now let me be very clear. This is not a message for anyone to be asking about anyone's position. This is about self-examination. It's not for me to be asking who is the unclean in the ark. It is for me to have the assurance that even if I'm unclean in the ark, God can make me clean. So my focus is we need not step away because we are afraid of the occupants in the ark. That is what the devil wants us to do. He wants to point to people and say, you see, you can't be with those people because they have this one and that one. God says to Noah, come into the ark. Come means that you're coming towards him. He is already there. How many can testify that when you are going through something, it's a wonderful thing and the right to know that God is there already. Even in death, when you are sorrowful over losing your loved one and you are crying in pain, as Elder Martin was doing with the lesson today, Jesus was calling out as if God had forsaken him. But in his humanity, Jesus was being us. But we must know even when we feel God is not there, by faith we must know that God is there. God says, come. He didn't say, go into the ark. It's an invitation to be where Jesus is. I don't know about you. Whatever may be happening in your life, the best place still to be is where Jesus is. If things are not going well in your home, make sure that Jesus is in your home. And sometimes we want Jesus out of the home because of what we want to do. If Jesus is at your place of work, I don't care the big name of the company or how powerful your supervisor thinks he or she is, there is no match for my Jesus. 
Jesus can handle anything. So we need to appreciate that God was saying to Noah, Hey Noah, I'm going to do something you've never seen before. And anybody who is outside is going to be utterly destroyed. So as you view the occupants of the ark, know that it is still the safest place to be because I am here. So the ark was never Noah's idea. And number two, Noah had he focused on the occupants, chances are he would have persuaded himself that the ark was not a safe place in which to be. My appeal is that we do not allow anyone or anything to take us away from the ark. Now, third and final point. When you read Genesis 6, God was given instructions, building the ark. The ark had a window, a door, and it had three floors or three decks. The window was at the top. The window needed to be the top where light comes in. 40 days and 40 nights. It was rough out there. The waves were high. But when we are in our throes of depression, of discouragement, of despair, let us remember the window is at the top. We need to look up where the light is. And there is something interesting about the ark. God, in his wisdom, only had one door. One door. Because he knows if he had too many doors, some of us Negroes will be trying to escape if it got too rough. But he said, I'm going to put one door. One door. And when, it's an interesting scene, here you have animals going in. Sevens by sevens. Twos by two. And they're going in. And people are standing laughing and they watch these animals. It's interesting how the beast can obey God and man with intelligence can laugh at God. And they watch. And here is something. They all had to go through the same door. There's something about that door. Is that when God shuts that door. When probation is closed, no man can open that door. So here is God in the ark. And after they got in, God 
I don't know the mind of God, Elder Skip. But he waited seven days. Is it possible that had they repented, God would have come and opened the door? I don't know. I can't speak for God. But he waited seven days. And they were still mocking and laughing and everything. And they must have been saying, look at that old fool with his three sons and their wives. They're locked, they're in there, and nothing is happening. God's delay of judgment should never be taken to be God's denial of judgment. Seven days he waited. The door is closed. And God then allows the rain to come. Here is something about that door. John 14, 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father by me. Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name on the heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The door is Jesus Christ. It's the door for Muslims, Buddhists, whoever you are. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's holding the door open. We can't get in another way. You can't climb into the ark. You can't get so high to the window. You got to come through the door. Because Jesus is the only one who can pave the way for salvation. The ark was riding some heavy waves. But there is something, Kishan Kwan, I like us to bear in mind. Here is the ark. Here are waves. It's rough out there. The waves are 20 something feet high. But there is something. As the water rose higher, the ark rose even higher. Somebody says, where sin abounds, grace that much more abounds. As it got rough out there and the waters got higher, the ark rose above the waters. Noah survived because he believed God and he entered the ark by faith. Noah could have doubted the integrity and ability of the ark. He could have failed to believe the promises of God. Noah could have stayed outside. But if he had, he would have died just like the others. Noah entered the ark and he was saved. But there is something that is obvious that sometimes we miss. Did you catch it? One writer said, insistence upon the obvious is sometimes more important than clarification of the obscure. What is obvious? Well, it's obvious that if there's a door, the door has two sides. On one side, 
there are people inside. And on the other side, there are people outside. So, this little poem says, One door and only one. And yet its sides are two. I am on the inside. On which side are you? When the flood of God's judgment is poured out on, for the last time on this rebellious earth, the only thing that would matter is which side on the door you're standing on. The ark will dock one day on the sunny shores of sweet deliverance. And the question will always be for us to remember the ark was never Noah's idea. If Noah had focused on the occupants of the ark, chances are he would have persuaded himself that the ark was not a safe place to be. There was only one way into the ark. It was through an open door. Jesus is that door. And I invite us today to enter into the ark of safety. Not because we are good, but because God gives us the faith to respond to his goodness. And God says, there is only destruction on the outside. The waves are riding high. But in the ark of safety is Jesus. He said to Noah, come into the ark. God has given that invitation to us today. If you like me and you want to be on the inside, please stand to your feet. Father in heaven, in our sinful selves, sometimes we are too focused on the occupants of the ark. We are too concerned about people we call sinners or unclean. But today we ask that you will help us to focus on the fact that Jesus is in the ark. And where God is, is always the best place to be. May we not be discouraged by anything that may be happening in or out of the ark. May we be encouraged that we need to be where Jesus is. The invitation is to come into the ark. And when the trumpet sounds, Father, may it not find us standing outside of the ark, but may we be on the inside. Seal our decisions today because the blood of Jesus sealed it for us. And may we thus be saved recognizing that it is his grace that makes it possible and your holy spirit gives us to respond to your grace may we not be discouraged by anything but may we be encouraged by jesus being in the ark we thank you in his name we pray that the saints all say amen